Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Uh, playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. You know, this is this is my first time where you lose a game, but yet you, you, you find out that you're that you're in. And so the message to the team is this. It's okay to feel like crap right now. Um, it, it's we put a lot of time and effort and energy into winning this football game and it sucks when you lose. It's the Hogan Johns podcast. We're in it and now anything can happen. Second and goal for Montgomery. Give it to Montgomery, who looks like he gets there, waiting for a signal touchdown, Chicago. Let me just say this. For our team and our players to pull out of a six-game losing streak, I'm proud of them for that. And now, now we go. These guys believe, and anything can happen, as you all know. And for pressure on Rodgers, they get it, and he is sacked. Mack was there. Mingo helped as well. Trubisky on the rollout, going to heave it deep downfield for Mooney, who makes the catch. Oh, what a grab by Darnell Moody, who went up and got it. Hey, Mitch, uh, what are your emotions right now? Obviously, a, a tough loss to, to your rival again, but you still make the playoffs. It's a weird feeling. Obviously, disappointed from the game, but we're in the playoffs, and that's really all that matters. Everyone's 0 and 0, and we got a good opportunity this week. Playoffs? From NBC Sports Chicago, here to let you know what really happened. It's Adam Ho. You know what? Lion tastes good. The dude abides. Brothers got a fun. And from the athletic. Rosenbagger. It's Adam Johns. Good luck with your foosball. Game over, man. We are done. Game over. It's the Adams. Hogan Johns. Come on. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you. The Bears are going to the playoffs, Johnsy. Playoffs. They're sneaking in. Thank you, Rams. Yeah, you were right. Bears lose. That was Packers. Right. And the uh, well, there's still technically 13 seconds left in this uh, Cardinals Rams game as we get going here on our on the on the post game show, which we're doing live here on YouTube after the Bears lose to the Packers. Not really surprising, Johns. I'll say this. You know, I think the Bears did a lot of the things they needed to do to win this game, like specifically ball control. Like I thought for the, for the most part, they came out, they did exactly what the Packers did to the bears at Lambeau, which is get a really long opening touchdown drive that took up half of the first quarter, but they settled for way too many field goals. Like really to me, the story of this game is settling for field goals, not converting touchdowns. And then on the defensive side, None of the defensive issues really surprised me based on what we've seen. Losing Roquan Smith really, really hurt, but they missed opportunities. Three dropped interceptions in this game. So I think if you convert those field goals into touchdowns, you pick the ball off once or twice. Maybe this was a different game. But in the end, look, the Bears just aren't in the same league as the Green Bay Packers. I was going to say, everything you just listed sounds like an awful lot to, to do to beat this team. They were outclassed. Let's just face it. Trubisky had to play better than he did. He, he wasn't awful, but he needed to be better. You needed more production out of your run game. Wasn't awful, but you needed better in the defense. It's a problem. Everything they've done since week 12, which was the first matchup against the Packers, has been a problem. I get that they dropped three interceptions. You can't have that happen, but that's this defense this year. It's missing opportunities when, they're, when they present themselves. It's not having enough pass rush when you need it to be there. I've said it before in this podcast, it is mind-blowing to see the, the decline of this defense. And I think it's fair to say, as many of our commenters are, like Chuck Pagano, even if Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace come back, I mean, Chuck Pagano's place with this team is definitely you know, in question. Yeah, I think even though uh, the Bears are going to get into the playoffs, the questions about Chuck Pagano only got greater in this game. Uh, look, no one thought they'd lose Roquan Smith in this game. And that really kills you. But... Whether Roquan Smith's in the game or not, you have seen plenty of evidence that you cannot have Danny Trevathan lined up against a wide receiver. And and maybe Roquan would have been in that spot there. Uh, we're talking about the long touchdown, but he's not he's not in the game, so you can't call that. You cannot call that coverage there because even whether you have the blitz coming from the other side or not, there's three wide receivers to the right and only one cornerback. There's a corner, a safety, and Danny Trevathan. So Aaron Rodgers knows he's getting one of his wide receivers on Danny Trevathan there. He knows what he's getting. You know who didn't know what they were doing on that play? Like a bunch of Bears players. Rewatch that that highlight. Let's, we'll, we'll get into the play clock um, maybe in, after we talk to, to Matt Nagy a, a bit. But watch that play, that long touchdown over the middle, over Danny Trevathan. Again, you'll see that the Bears defense is confused. 
Aaron Rodgers is not. He has a good sense of what's going on or what they're planning to get into. He's seen everything before. This whole Chuck Pagano philosophy of, what, what did he say, Emp- emptying uh, the barrel or emptying the tra- chamber, whatever you want to call it, just didn't play out. And that that's a bad matchup, even if that is Roquan Smith. That's an awful matchup for a linebacker over the middle blitzing. I know they're down Jalen Johnson. I know they're down Buster Screen or down Roquan Smith, but you just need a better performance overall from what you got from the defense tonight. Yeah, and the demise of the defense as the season went along is telling it. Yeah, and and I think the reason why, look, you can certainly point out and should point out the injuries to Jalen Johnson, Buster Screen, and now Roquan Smith. Like, that really, really hurts you. You got special teamers playing out there as starters now, but Regardless of that, you still have that highly, highly paid pass rush that's not getting home, okay? And you're not getting the takeaways. Both of those were glaring issues. You couldn't get home with four today, regardless of the injuries on the backside, and you still had three chances to pick off Aaron Rodgers. I think some of that scheming, why has Eddie Jackson gotten worse? Like, that's a fair question. Some of this has to absolutely fall on the coaching staff. 100%. 100%. And, and again, it makes it makes for Chuck Pagano to be an easy scapegoat here, Adam, if, if the Bears do want to keep Matt Nagy, if the Bears do want to keep Ryan Pace. They expect more out of their investment. A lot of money and draft capital, I can add to this, has been spent on that defense and it's not paying off. You, you expect better, even with the injuries, even with everything they've gone through this season, the, the pressure being on them for that six-game losing streak. You expect better, especially in a game like this. Remember what Chuck Pagano was saying leading up to this game about seeing something different in their eye? You know, like you could you could question motivation in some of this too. The Packers took it to him again. This is coaching. This is players, this is personnel, and it's a lot of things, but it's got to be beyond frustrating for the guys who have assembled that defense. Yeah, and like, and here's the thing. It's great the Bears are making the playoffs. I think that's, uh, the you know, the fact that they came back in their season to do that you give them credit for. However, they are backing into this thing. They are not in the same league as the Packers. Now this becomes an interesting game because they're going to play the Saints next week in New Orleans. And this is a team that they took to overtime earlier this year with Nick Foles out there as quarterback. Now it wasn't quite when the offense got to its worst point, but that offense still wasn't really clicking at that point in the season. So I guess you can look back at that game and have some hope if you want to. I think the big difference, though, is the way the defense is playing now compared to earlier in the season. I mean, we're not going to call this thing on Sunday, a week before the game, but it certainly doesn't look like a favorable matchup for the Bears. No, it's been a problem. Look at the third down percentage. Someone's asking here um, if they, they caught two of those interceptions, would we be still blaming Chuck Pagano? Well, well yeah, because they you know, they give up 21 points in the third, the second quarter. It's and, and like you were saying, here it is. If two of those picks were caught, would you still be blaming Chuck? Yes. Yes. And I, I think we would to a certain extent because something's happened to this defense. And this, this is probably unfair uh, that we're taking the criticism to another point because the offense uh, didn't actually produce well today. But you expect more from what you're investing. And I think Adam brings up a good point about Eddie Jackson, like what's going on there? Chuck Pagano is supposed to be an expert in the secondary. Coach Ned Reed, remember all those yeah. stories and narratives about Eddie Jackson and Ned Reed? Like, what's going on with your secondary? No, it's a, that's you can't be dropping interceptions. Season of missed opportunities for Eddie Jackson and missed tackles. Like, I think that's really how you'd you'd sum it up for him. Let's talk about the offense, though, Johns, because look, I. Again, I'll give them credit for the ball control. I definitely think that was part of the plan. Knowing where this defense was, you had to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. I think the Bears did a good job of that. But also, let's not get carried away here. Mitch Trubisky, good. Not great again. The interceptions at the end killed you, but you had to start airing it out. Basically, what we talked about came true. You can't fall too far behind or you got to start to air it out. Obviously, that's when you get Mitch Trubisky in trouble. He's still limited. We're, we've stayed consistent on this all season, off season for a while now. Like, I still think you can win games with Mitch Trubisky, but he's limited. And you saw that tonight in what the Bears couldn't do. And a big story in this game also was not being able to get Allen Robinson open. What do you have? One or two catches today? 
One or two. I'd, I'd have to check. First the- target came in the end zone, which was a near inter- interception. Maybe pass interference there, but sometimes you just got to let these guys play. Like, this is my, my instant reaction since we're going quick here after the game. Like, I felt, Adam, that they weren't aggressive enough, right? Like, I, I get that they wanted to play, keep away from Aaron Rodgers a bit, but for a team, for a coach, for an offensive philosophy that seems to pride itself on being aggressive. And and I, I guess the fourth downs are part of that, but like they didn't seem too aggressive all the time. Like if you look at the, the, the average per play for Trubisky, a lot of completions, but one down the field shot, great shot to Darnell Mooney. And I, you got to take the shots when they're there. But my general takeaway immediately after this game is this offense for as much as Matt Nagy talks about it being aggressive, didn't feel that way with their play calls. Yeah, and I, you know, I go back to when you get that special teams takeaway, such a huge play in that spot. Uh, you absolutely needed a touchdown. I even tweeted this, and then you know, I'm going to totally admit it. In hindsight, kind of changed my mind. You, I, I, in the moment, I said kick the field goal because you're getting the takeaway. It's like free points, and you shouldn't pass up on the free points. But I, I think when you step back and you consider the magnitude of the situation and what you just talked about, how you really need to be aggressive in this type of game. I think the smarter move probably would have been to go for it on fourth down because you really, really needed a touchdown in that spot to keep the foot on the gas. And they didn't. They fall behind. They never were able to get back it with the lead. And they went for it on fourth down a lot. Yeah, Like, like you knew their luck was going to run out at some point. And we could debate the the sprint out to Allen Robertson all, all you want. I, I, I personally don't mind it. I feel like the Bears have converted similar plays. You're leaving your receiver one-on-one. They did. I mean, they had a fourth and one that they converted to Darnell Mooney when they did yeah. the same exact play, but yes. to Mooney. Yes. So it wasn't the same exact play. It was the same exact it, idea. They yeah, it's, it's what I mean. I, I don't mind it. I really don't yeah. mind it. Um, it. It is what it is, but like that situation, you want your receiver to win that one-on-one matchup, and I get that you want maybe give your, your quarterback a few more options because if you watch the replay, doesn't seem like Jimmy Graham's doing anything in that. It was Allen Robinson or nothing. Give the guy a little bit more options there if you're Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor. But at the end of the day, I, I don't mind the call. But yeah, you knew their luck was going to run out at some point on fourth down, especially in that drive. Yeah. Well, and we don't need to get in the whole Mitch Trubisky conversation here, but a comment from Patrick here. Want to know how you know that you that Mitch isn't good enough to win with because they don't win with him. All I'll say to that is check the record that he has with Matt Nagy. They win a lot of games. They do. They they just do. And and that, and I think that's just because we might say Mitch is the best quarterback for the Bears going into 2021 doesn't mean he's the best quarterback for the future long term. They could still have their eye and they should have their eye on a quarterback that can play as well as Aaron Rodgers someday. It's not going to happen anytime soon. They should, that should still always be your goal because that is your clearest path to winning in the NFL is to have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, like Aaron Rodgers. It's just not that easy to get, and you don't want to be in a situation where you can't win with the guy that you have. So um, is Mitch the long-term answer? No. Is he the answer going in the offseason? He very well might be. Um, he's going to be starting a playoff game for you next weekend. How about this? How about just the Packers are the the better team here? Like, substantially better team here. It starts at the quarterback. Yeah. But I, I was impressed with the, the toughness of, of their defense again. Um, I wasn't buying some of their success heading into this one, but consider me sold on what this Packers team could, could be. This is a Super Bowl contender in, in every capacity. They're the first seed in the NFC. They just look complete. They got a run game. They got the, the best receiver in football going this year. You got Aaron Rodgers, of course, but that defense, it's pretty good, especially with the way the Bears' offense had been playing the past few weeks. It's good enough. It's de- it's definitely good enough with what they definitely. have on, on, on offense, and that's kind of the formula that, that they need to have right now, and so uh, the Packers are very deserving of the one seed we kind of came off with the bad. I mean, you see the, you see the gap between the two teams. You see a lot in this series, unfortunately. And you know what? To all the people that are saying that Mitch isn't good enough, he, he's obviously not good enough to close the gap between these two franchises. Like everybody is admitting that and conceding that. I know there's a gap. Let me just hear you out on this, Adam. It is this game as good as the Packers are? Still was a a one score game for. For, for quite a while, was it not? like that, That's why I feel like that drive that ended with that sprint out play 
just felt like like that was the game ending right there because you know Aaron Rodgers is going to take advantage of this. I know there was another dropped interception, but it just felt so Packers-like, right? Like the Bears had their opportunity in this one-score game to take the lead. Their drive stalls. What does Aaron Rodgers do but score? And then the turnover is one thing because you have to throw now, and it is what it is, and the game got away. The final score is what it is. But in the fourth quarter, this was a one-score game. The Packers made the stop and then put the the game out of hand, but the gap is there. I I don't know how the Bears close it. I don't know if it's as big as this final score indicates. It it is kind of a long-standing problem with Aaron Rodgers there, but it's closer than the first game. I'll say it that. Yeah, progress, I guess. <laughs> progress, uh, yeah. I, unfortunately, I don't know that's going to be uh, close enough to beat the Saints next week. No. Right. So um, you're looking at it like uh, them being seven and a half point dogs. I haven't seen the early lines. Is that what it is? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, no, yeah. I'm just guessing. I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's even a little higher. Yeah. Now, the one thing is the Saints have had a sort of a recent history of faltering in the playoffs. The Vikings went in there and beat them last year, uh, really in this spot. So I, I'm not going to rule it out completely. But and that's the thing, like we can keep talking about Mitch. But the reason for that, that that we're not optimistic is the defense. Right. And yeah. if you're not going to have Roquan Smith. You're you're in a world of trouble. And, and honestly, and, and, yeah. you're not going to have Darnell Mooney. That's going to I'm not saying I'm not ruling Darnell Mooney out right, right away, but that did not look good. A quick uh, ruling out of the game with an ankle injury. Yeah. You're, you're you're fighting from behind. Yeah, it's never good when you're <laughs> one of your best players of the game gets ruled out that fast and kind of a gutsy day by some of the young guys. Cole Komet, right? Um, you could debate that fumble as well. Cole Komet played uh, tough. Darnell Mooney played really tough. Gutsy performance by him. And then the young off- the young offensive line, I-, I thought, was okay. David Montgomery, let's not forget, he got twisted up early in the first, was it the first quarter, first drive too, right? Like So yeah. there's... He was gutting through that game. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he was. Um, it is what it is. You know, like, I'm not surprised by the result. I don't know why people are su- are surprised that the... The Bears lost. I, I did pick the the Cardinals to lose to the Rams. Uh, it, like, here, here's a, a question for you, then, Adam. Before we go to, to Matt Nagy's press conference, how do you feel about backing into the playoffs? Like, how would you rate the success of that? Well, I, I look. I, first of all, let me say this: I would always rather get in than not get in. Okay, you're not in a position where the draft positioning's really all that different. Okay, you've already passed the point where you're not getting a great draft pick. And now you got a shot. Like you have a week to prepare and have a shot. Doesn't look like a great shot, but you have a shot. Okay. And it gives you another week to evaluate Mitch, even. Like there, there's thing, there's there's pluses to making the playoffs. Um, and I'd always rather have a team that's in the mix. And I understand coming off a loss to the Packers why so many of these commenters in our on our YouTube channel right now are upset and not happy. Um, but you did make the playoffs. Okay. And like that's my warning to those that just want to kick Mitch Trubisky out the door. The alternative can be way worse. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. The response to that might be, oh well, I'd rather lose a ton of games and get a high draft pick again. There's no guarantee that's going to work. And the proof of that is Mitch Trubisky. Like it's just you can have a new GM, a new coach, and a new quarterback and start it all over again. And you might just be the New York Jets or the Cleveland Browns that didn't make the playoffs for 17 years until today. Uh, and they don't look like they have a great shot next week either. So just be careful with that. I'd much rather be in the mix and have the opportunity to to play a playoff game. And even if you lose, you're competitive. You have a chance to make improvements in the offseason. I wouldn't want to go through a whole rebuild again. The, the critics will tell you, Adam, that you're ex- you're accepting mediocrity. And I guess my problem with that argument is, look, and, and I understand it. You don't want to be mediocre. You want to be a special team. But there's only a few special teams in the league every single year, right? There's only a few Super Bowl contenders every single year. You got the Chiefs, maybe the Saints. You definitely have the Packers. It's it's this league is based on being medi- mediocre. They want you to be mediocre. There's only a few special quarterbacks in this, so I, I get the emotions of wanting to to fire everyone. But in George McCaskey's world, I'm sure he sees two playoff appearances in three seasons, a, a team that overcame a three game losing streak to somehow put themselves in the mix to make this game. 
so emotional to get through, so meaningful in Week 17 at this point. So that's something that I think George McCaskey will take into account more than people who are feeling this Packers loss right now. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, I don't think I, I don't think you should accept the mediocrity. I think you should accept the fact that making the playoffs twice in three years, not having a losing season in three years is better than what you were doing before, but you still shouldn't accept the mediocrity. She's still, you can still strive. This isn't baseball. You don't have to tank to, if you're stuck in the middle, this is the NFL. It's a league that does a great job of, of equaling the playing field. Okay. And you can be, the quarterback away from having a great run for a long time. And you can get that quarterback in the middle. I don't know how many times I have to bring up how the chiefs were way closer to competing than tanking when they got Patrick Mahomes. Like there are ways to do this. So I'd much rather be have a shot in the playoffs uh, and be a competitive team. But yes, you should. And that leads us to the next conversation here as we're getting a little short on time before these press conferences, we have to get to John's, but what kind of changes should still be on the table? I guess. I, I mean, there's still people asking, should you change the the GM? Does backing into the playoffs change anything? I, I think Nagy and Pace are linked in this. It, it's we, we've talked about this in our, in our podcast before. I, I don't think you need to fire the GM and stick the next GM with that coach. Yeah, I, I think what's on the table right now is probably a change at DC. And then I, I'd even go a step further, and this could be myself just spitballing here for, for a bit, but you can keep pace in his place, but go still find maybe that president of football operations. You, you, like people have always talked about, like why can't that be on the table for the bears and let him review what pace and Nagy are for one more season. Let him have input on finding the next quarterback or whether that's resigning Mr. Trubisky or not. I just think there's different ways to go about this to maybe escape being trapped in purgatory in the NFL than just merely firing everybody. Wow, the Titans just won the uh, AFC South with a banked field goal off the post. And in? That? Yeah. Man. <laughs> that, Cody Parkey doesn't get that bounce. <laughs> no, he um, gets two, though. Yeah. Johns, I totally agree with you, though. Like, I don't... And this is this gets back to accepting mediocrity um, and why I wouldn't accept it. Like, if you want to make a change at the top, Take uh, Ted Phillips out, get somebody else new. And you know what? If you are going to make that move, I let him do what he wants. You know, if he wants to go change the GM and he wants to go change the head coach, then that person should be able to do that. What I would personally do, like if I was going to draw it up, I would seriously still consider that. Um, And then if I was that guy who got that job, I would would not want to fire Matt Nagy who's still only 42 years old, learning on the job, has not had a great quarterback situation while he's been here. Some of that his own fault with Nick Foles. Play design and system too. Yep. And I think you're right. I I mean, I wouldn't extend Ryan Pace, but I'd probably keep him around to see those two work together one more year and evaluate that because then it makes it easier to start over with both spots if you need to a year yeah. from now. That's yeah. that's probably how I would look at it. Yeah, I have no problem for one more year of this. And that's probably what... Maybe that's what the Bears do. That's what I would do if I were the Bears. The question then comes what you do at quarterback. I'd even take one more swing with, with Mitch on this if you can't find a better option. And if you look at your draft position, you look at the options of free agency, they're just not there. One more year. We'll see what happens against the Saints, but that seems to make the most sense to me. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's do this. 
let's let you guys hear from Matt Nagy as well. Here's the head coach after the Bears lose to the Packers yet again. You know, I'll start off with the game in regards to how everything went. You know, you get to the to the fourth quarter against this team and you have that fourth and one, you know, third and one, then fourth and one, um, 11 minutes to go. And, and, you know, a touchdown puts you ahead. And I thought that for, for you know, really up until that point, we thought that, you know, the game plan wise, it was really going going how, how you want it to go. And, and in the fourth quarter to be right there, uh, we just got to get that that fourth and one. And that, that bothers me um, that we didn't. Um, so we as coaches and we'll we'll do a better job there, making sure we get that. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they go down and they get two touchdowns and make it 35 to 16. Red zone, not good enough. You know, one for five in the red zone. You can't play the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and kick field goals. We have to get touchdowns. Uh, there's no no other way. And then, he, you know, he's four for four in the red zone. Uh, we had six fourth down conversions, which is probably more than we had all year long. Um, time of possession against this team is what we wanted. You know, we had 35 to 24 time of possession, and that's hard to do against them. Uh, our defense to come out in the in the um, the third quarter there and to get those that five and out and that that three and out. Uh, if you get an opportunity to he throws you a ball, uh, I'd love to be able to you know make that an interception with the, with two or three three of those that we had. We didn't, but we did get off the field, so I give credit there. Um, again, red zone for them was good. Red zone for us was bad offensively, and um, um, so you know being in that locker room afterwards. You know, this is this is my first time where you lose a game, but yet you, you you find out that you're that you're in. And so the message to the team is this: it's okay to feel like crap right now. Um, it, it's we put a lot of time and effort and energy into winning this football game, and it sucks when you lose. Um, but that said, feel it tonight, understand it. But no one's going to take away what these players did to work back these last three weeks to put ourselves in a position to make the playoffs. And they did that. And there's no one that's going to take that from those players and, and the coaches. So here we are. Um, we, we feel it tonight. We wake up tomorrow morning and that thing's in the rearview mirror. We got to lock in. We got to get ready for the Saints, who's a hell of a football team. We're in it. And, um, and, and again, uh, now, now anything can happen. First up, Pat Finley. Hey, Matt, how are you? Um, uh, did you? Were you made aware at any point during the game what was going on with the Rams? And if not, when did you find out that they had won? Uh, and what was your reaction in that moment? Um, you know, walking off of the uh, the field after the game, uh, I, I was told uh, of the score. I still don't even know the score. I think it was 18-7 to 7 or something is what I was told. I don't know if that's right or not. It is. Um, and so that was that. Um, again, I've never been in this situation. So sorry for, you know, being a little bit not, you know, I just, it, you're excited because you're in, right? But the message to the players, because you got, you know, 65 guys looking at you in that locker room, like, man, we, we, wanna, we wanted to win this game and we didn't. Um, but the message was a lot of honesty that, hey, when we wake up tomorrow, let's go and let's regroup and let's get after it. I don't know when we play. But I do know we play the Saints, and and so that's when I found out. Matt, who told you? Um, I think it was uh, Aaron Clark. Brad Biggs. Matt, do you do you feel feel like you guys have closed the gap? You're breaking up there, Brad. I heard you're frozen right now. You said we lost we lost you, Brad. We'll uh, we'll come back. JJ. Matt, the the message you you gave your team about you know hey it's okay to feel like crap right now. I'm just curious as, as you're kind of going through it in that moment, how are you balancing your own emotions? Like you're you're saying like you never been through this before, of like you know losing this game, but being excited that there is another game after it. Yeah, so there's a so much stuff as y'all know that that goes through um, in my position. When you go through what we went through this year and you lose six in a row, um, you know, for me, you get to that point and you, uh, you you say, okay, here's where we're at. How are we going to get out of this thing? And the only way to do it is by, by you know, believing in each other. And, and there's, a, you know, 
I'm sure even right now, there's a lot of people that, that, that jumped off and that didn't want to be a part of it. Um, but our guys understood that, Hey, here's where we're at. And we got one thing we can either just fold up shop and say, that's enough. Or we can step up and say, we got four games left. And so as all that stuff was going down um, and you work week to week to week and you win three in a row, and now you have this sitting in front of you against, you know, a big rival and a great team, the number one seed in the NFC uh, at home. And you get what a great opportunity. And so our guys, they had a hell of a practice all week long was great. And, and you fight and you get, you know, till that fourth quarter and then that happens. And then it got out of hand. Um, then you get in a locker room. And so what I, what I haven't done yet is reflected on, I have to reset myself. Um, I'm still emotionally from this, you know, feeling this game. I'm not at the, at the playoff part yet. Um, so once I get over that here in the next hour or two, uh, it's going to go right on to, to the saints. And, and now, as y'all know, anything can happen, but let me just say this for our team and our players to pull out of a six game losing streak. Um, I'm just, I'm proud of them for that. And now, now we go, you know, now we go. And, and I think I believe, you know, these guys believe and anything can happen as y'all know. Dan Wiederer. Matt, how tempted were you to go for it on uh, fourth and goal from the two when you when you settled for the twenty yard field goal, and then also on on the fourth and one? What most agitates you about that that sequence? Uh, so I was re- I was it really I really you know thought that maybe we should go for it at that fourth and two, but then you look up and you say, okay, um, you know if if you don't get it, uh, you, you end up getting the three points and you keep it within that less than a touchdown. And now if you get a touchdown, you're up and you're winning right exactly where we were at that fourth and one. And then the fourth and one situation, um, you know, I, I you know, it, it's just fourth and one. We got to get that. And then third and one before that, I'm not going to get into the why part because that's just for me and the coaches and, and, and the players. And I just uh, I want to I want to get that. And uh, that one bothers me. Brad Biggs. Matt, do you, do you feel like you guys have been able to close the gap with the Packers this season, or is, is it too early to kind of take uh, inventory on that type of thing? Well, you know, for us, I, I so you look at the first game that occurred versus the second game, and they're totally two, two totally different styles of games. Um, when you have Aaron Rodgers on the bench for as long as we had him on the bench, now when he was out there, he was playing pretty well. But we did come out and get crucial stops in the third quarter, which was great. I mean, our defense put us in a great position um, offensively. Closing the gap, obviously we haven't when you lose two games like we did. So um, the only thing that we can do is is uh, now reshift our focus to New Orleans. But, I mean, they're, they're playing – Green Bay is playing really well right now. I mean, you guys see that. They're, they're, there's a reason why they play the way they play. And they're a good football team, and you have to give them credit. Jason Leisure. Matt, you seem to be ambivalent right now, like you're kind of compartmentalizing the season and then the what comes ahead. As far as the season goes, eight and eight, losing to Green Bay a couple times, it, I'm getting the uh, impression from you you're not satisfied with that part of it. Well, again, I, right now it's an hour or whatever. It's a little about an hour after the game, so I'm just – emotional from that side of it because you know we put in so much time man into into get into getting this win you know and that that's where so I'm allowed to you know I feel this way right now and then once I get over this Jason I'll get through this and and shoot it's my job it starts with me is to make sure that we do everything we can as coaches to get our players ready uh to realize that um it's it's a clean slate tomorrow and you guys know it I mean there's been other anything can happen once you get in the playoffs anything especially this year too it's it's crazy the way things are going so um our guys have the right mindset and I would probably be a little bit upset if our locker room was just like going crazy and celebrating and being excited in the locker room after the game I'd, I'd be a little bit concerned and our guys weren't so they'll reshift their focus and get ready tomorrow a couple more for coach Mike Berman Matt, obviously it's great that you get in, but given that you had the six-game losing skid and had to work your way out of that, uh, given that you're coming off of a tough loss, how much do you think you guys have to give? What's left in the tank? Oh, a lot. We got a lot to give. And that's, I think, where, I mean, you know, um, when you guys look at what these guys have done, you can't take anything away from these players. You can't. 
So, you know, these guys are positive thinkers. They're, they, they just, that's how they roll. I mean, they, they, for these guys to practice the way they've been practicing um, after what we went through for them to put themselves in this position right now. And our coaches too, they coach their tails off to get to this point. And, and so now um, again, like now it's an excitement. You, you guys, you guys are just getting me right now, like an hour after the game. And, and so I apologize if I'm not all balloons everywhere, but, um, but t- tomorrow it's going to be energetic. It's going to be, there's going to be some, some juice. The guys are going to heal up. They're going to take care of their bodies. They're going to get mentally right and shoot. Let's go. You know, like that's where the, that's where that fire comes from. And no one can take that away, away from us. And I'm proud of our guys for that. Adam Hogue. Hey, Matt, sorry if I missed this earlier, but do you know how bad Roquan Smith's injury is? Do you know if you'll have him in the playoffs? And in general, how do you feel about your defense going into the playoffs? Yeah, I, I don't know the extent yet of Roquan. Um, you guys will probably end up, you know, knowing more here, 20, and I will too, 24, 48 hours. Um, he's, he's a tough son of a buck now, so he, he's tough. Uh, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see what, what the doctors and what Andre say. Um, and then as far as with our defense, you know, it, it's I think that they're going to be excited to be able to get an opportunity to, to play the Saints again. Uh, this we, we battled those guys, went into overtime, weren't able to pull it out again, have a lot of respect for that organization. Um, and then uh, and, and obviously Drew Brees and what he's done in his career, Sean Payton and, and their defense, too. So, um, you know, our defense, again, they're to, to put us in a position to where we have fourth and one in the fourth quarter. And it's, you know, it's, it's 21 to 15 um, or whatever, you know, whatever it was at that point in time. Um, I just, I'm proud of our guys right now. So it's hard for me to, you know, they're going to fight. They're going to fight their tails off. Last one, Stacy Dales. Coach, I can sense obviously you're, and you said so emotional still from this game, but how exciting is it to say to your, your team, cause you know, playoff football, you put the regular season behind and it's a brand new season and that can be part of the message. So cool. Right. I, I agree, Stacey. I think that um, for these guys, there's a lot of other teams right now. We were a part of that last year. It stinks when you got to go home after the last game of the regular season. But, you know, now in, enjoy your hard work. The, enjoy what you invested these last three to four weeks to get to this point. OK. And so those guys are going to do that. And tomorrow it's a it's a complete reset and reshift, because just like you said, anything can happen. And we know that we have the pieces. Our guys care. When you have a care factor, um, you know, now you got to figure out, okay, where have we, where, where can we get better? And then how do we do that against a really good football team that's well coached? And um, after, like, again, once we get through tonight, tomorrow is going to be fun. There's going to be energy and, uh, and excitement. And you guys will probably see a little bit more of a smile on my face than right now. Okay, John. So some mixed. Thoughts and emotions, Nagy being honest about the fact that obviously doesn't feel good about another sizable loss to the Packers. This one. He was pissed. He was pissed. This was a game the Bears could have potentially won if some things go a different way. The first time around, they had no chance. Um, either way, another bad loss, uh, another sizable gap between these two teams. He's not happy about it. He shouldn't be happy about it. But. He's got to be happy that his season's not over. So, as he as he put it, maybe he'll be in the mood to smile tomorrow. Maybe he's got to watch the film, Adam. <laughs> the film. He's got to rewatch that. I just rewatched some of that during our, our our break from live to writing to to this. It's it's not good. You know, I want to actually take back some of the things I I, I said earlier. Oh, we're, you know, we're changing just, uh, we're changing yeah, thoughts. <laughs> we're already. changing thoughts. Like Trubisky needs to be better. I do think some of the 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 play calling was part of the the ball security, part of the control the clock philosophy. I I think we saw that play out, but he needs to be better. Um, it's also obvious they and, don't trust him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably a little bit of, of that. Well, come but, on, like that throw before halftime. Like so, they had what? What was on the clock? Six, seven, eight seconds before halftime. They had one shot to the end zone. You weren't sitting there thinking the same thing I was thinking. Like maybe you should just one more maybe shot. Maybe just one more yeah, shot. Maybe just kick it. Because <laughs> yeah, because yeah. because you're worried about what probably should have happened. 
he threw it right to a white jersey. It should have been yeah. picked off. But the interception was dropped. Bears got the field goal. It's just there's a there's an understandable trust issue there. I, I think well, if we're going to to that deep depths of <laughs> evaluation with Nagy, then it, I, I think a lot of it too is. Like you see those things, and you just what, where's the jump ball to Jimmy Graham? This the simplification yeah. of this. Well, right? in that situation, you know, like, they're going to drop everybody into the end zone. You still can't get the jump ball to Jimmy Graham. So you're trying to run two guys off with Darnell Mooney and having Al Robinson come underneath a little bit there. I don't Here's know. Here's honestly what I would have maybe have tried to do in that situation. I don't know if you could have done it that fast. Is try to run up and either run a quick play underneath that would have probably been ideal spiking it i don't know if you would have left enough yourself enough time for one more shot um but if you run up and run another play you can run it underneath or even run the ball and then use your final timeout they burn the final timeout which really left you with a risky throw by trubisky in the end zone or just punt or just kicking there so anyway they got the three points the defense, like I, I was giving them credit for a little bit for for closing the gap a little bit, you know, keeping the game close. But I had forgotten, or I can't even remember if I mentioned it earlier, that that deep bomb to Valdez Scanling that was dropped with Duke Shelley. Oh yeah, that was three the game. or four yards. Yeah, that was Th- like the. That's why it's hard to even give them credit for the third quarter yeah. where they let where they 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 gave the offense a chance, like when. So I asked Nagy, you heard it in there, you, you heard me ask Nagy about the defense, and he mentioned how they gave his offense a chance to be in that fourth and one situation, which we're going to talk about here momentarily. But I'm struggling to give the defense credit for that when that was a wide open bomb that got dropped. And if that's connected, the game is over right then. It was just prolonged a bit. Yes. The pain was prolonged a bit. So yes. let's talk about the fourth and one then. Okay. Um, we talked earlier about how didn't necessarily have a huge problem with the play call because, and I've been, I got a whole bunch of people on Twitter. It, I, I'm going to stick to the same point I said earlier. No one complained about the fourth and one shotgun throw when it worked. Everybody complained about it later. Everybody who says you want to just run the ball there. Another quarterback sneak. Fine. If that didn't work, you would have been saying they tried to run the ball up the middle, tried the quarterback sneak too many times, and it was predictable. Okay. The problem is the Bears were in way too many fourth down situations. Yeah. <laughs> like, like how close were they? Like, to- it was like five times where David Montgomery yeah. was tackled at the like on the yellow line or two like, inches short of it. It's like Darnell Mooney running out of bounds. Darnell Mooney played an outstanding game gutsy performance again I, I want to reiterate that gutsy performance again but yes to your point Adam, i'm like why they were like continuously in these fourth and inches situations it, it and let me take you inside the, the the play card a little bit like i don't necessarily know the exact number of fourth and one plays you have listed on your play card like if you've ever seen a shot of what matt Nagy's holding in his hands and how it's divided those are divided into certain situations Okay, so you have a chunk on your play card that is fourth downs. And then like within that, it's the fourth and whatever down in distance. Right. So when you get to fourth and short, you don't come into the game with 10 different fourth and short calls. Like eventually you're going to start running the same thing. Now, maybe that's an argument to just, I guess, try another sneak or something. But like the point is you keep running the same thing over again. How many times did Montgomery get stuffed short on third and short? So. Just running up the middle is not a guarantee. It sure felt like the Bears were playing with house money at that point with how many times they had converted on fourth down. And no yeah. matter what yeah. they would have run there, if they had come up short, the fans would be complaining about it. Yeah. The, the odds of com- converting that many, like it just felt like the the good times had to end at some point, right? Like you just can't convert that many fourth downs in one, in one game. It, it just seems unattainable, but yeah. Go on. I, I do think there's added intrigue about that in play, though. Yeah, so... so I, I've, go ahead. The play was weird. Um, I don't know what should have happened on that play. It sure seemed like when you're running that out from the slot, which is what Allen Robinson did. By the way, Allen Robinson... Here's another reason why that play 
look good. It was a good idea. Like, I've, who was the guy he was lined up against? Was that the Sullivan guy he was lined up against? He wasn't lined up against Jair Alexander. Okay, he's in the slot. He had a good matchup. And he didn't... He's a good route runner. That was not his best route. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Now, there's a lot of speculation that Jimmy Graham, and this was also pointed out by Daryl Johnson on the broadcast, so that's probably why people are talking about it so much, but Graham maybe should have rubbed. Instead, he just kind of went downfield blocking. Um, I agree that makes sense. I There's no way of really knowing that without knowing what the play call looks like. Because you could also argue that if Robinson beats his guy off the line, like he has so many times on that move, that having Graham farther downfield blocking is actually a good thing too because it could turn into a bigger play. I don't know what Jimmy Graham was supposed to do there. I do know from the answer you heard from Matt Nagy that we just played for you minutes ago, sure sounds like something got messed up on that play. Yeah. Because he was yeah. perturbed. It was Chandon Sullivan. I just rewatched it again. Okay. Sorry for the delay. There was Chandon Sullivan in coverage there. So you're not talking about a perennial all-pro player in coverage. It's a, it's a matchup Allen Robinson should win. It's a matchup you like. Yeah. Yes, it's a matchup you like. And so something seems off. Are we going to play Trubisky or, or do you just want to uh, I wasn't playing that. We could play Trubisky's. Law. Why don't we do this? Why don't we just? We'll, we'll just we can we can read it. Yeah. Or, you got it. Up? I don't have it up. Why, uh, no, let's hear the audio. Let's hear the audio. We can play. Here's Trubisky's. We'll just play his one answer to this question about what the Bears could have done differently on that fourth and one. What did you see on that sequence, and and what could have made that play convert when it was fourth and one at the twenty-five? I thought that was a situation where. They had a better call on than we did, and they executed better than we did. So I think credit goes to them. I think the only thing we could have done in that situation was um, maybe run something else against that look, but it's a tough play. We we converted some fourth downs early on earlier in the game, and they got us on that one. So you got to give them credit, but I think we look at that, learn from it, don't dwell on it, make sure we, we get better from it, and then next time it happens, we, we, can, we convert it. It's an interesting answer, John. <laughs> call, call a better play. <laughs> because he straight, right up, he straight up said call a better play. And don't forget this is the new asserter of Mitch Trubisky that we've been hearing from since yes. week 12. Call a better play. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't... I. What's most interesting <laughs> you're about like, that... You're like, uh, you're like speechless. <laughs> I kind of am. But what's most interesting, if it was, here's why, if it was so obvious that Jimmy Graham just ran the wrong route or something on that play, then that wouldn't have been the answer that Trubisky just gave. Yeah. Unless he doesn't know that Graham ran the wrong route, which would be a whole other problem. But if it was as simple as one guy running the wrong route, I don't, sounds like Trubisky's with so many of our listeners who just don't like the play call. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. I, I see it both ways. I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm trying to be too fair with this. And the Bears are playing with fire with all the fourth down situations. Like, come on. That's not a recipe for, for winning football games. It's just not. I, I know that stat heads like going forward and fourth down, but that many times in one game, like for the Chicago Bears offense, for the way they were playing in this game, it just seemed unattainable in terms of finding success. But. Well, that should factor in your decision. I mean, I think at that point it was the right thing to do to go for it. Yeah. But yeah. if you've run out of play calls, then maybe you punt. Uh, or well, that time punt. would have been not a field goal. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, to kick a field Put goal. Put your best player out there to make another field goal. Yeah. Well, like, and as, as I mentioned earlier, I would have kicked on the other ones. Or, I mean, I would have gone for it on the other ones earlier, too. So the stats, the final stats of, of this game is they're, they're, it's kind of – the Bears have more first downs, right? They five of six on fourth downs. Held the held the ball for nearly eleven more minutes, right? Like and it's like so they have this ball control game plan. And they actually executed it to a certain extent quite well. That's what they but needed to do with that it's, defense. It just still isn't enough. Still isn't enough. That that defense Adam, what's going on? Like we ripped Pagano a bit in, in the, the live part of this, but rewatching it again, I, I know he's down the Duke Shelley. I know he's down the Kindle Bell door. I know he was down the Josh Woods today. It doesn't help when Roquan Smith is hurt. You you miss Jalen Johnson. 
But this defense has been off for a bit now. Yeah. Um. I I I mean to to me it just it still comes down to the pass rush. You know how you negate all that? You wreak havoc up front, okay? And they're just not getting enough from those guys, not for the amount of money. Like, because at a certain a certain standpoint, you have just invested the amount of money that you've invested to that side of the ball. And so you're going to be limited offensively. And they knew that coming in to this season. That's how this team was built. This needed to be a lights-out defense. And if there's one thing that's been flying a little... Now, it's been more obvious as of late. But I still go back to week one in Detroit. And I thought there were some glaring issues on the defensive side of the ball. And so much of the storyline has been, continues to be, and rightfully so, Mitch Trubisky. But if I had to list the problems with this season, maybe the six-game, uh, the whole Nick Foles part, maybe it's number one. But I would say number two right, <laughs> after, right after that would be the defense and specifically the just the lack of pass rush from the main guys that you pay all that money to. Yeah, yeah. T- to me, like it, it's not surprising that Aaron Rodgers had success against the Bears again today. Just look at his stats against the Bears. Like They're outrageously good. He has killed the Bears in his career. To me, like this year, it's the, the domination of it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's where's the competition? Like, like, the Bears' best bet today was, you know, Mitch Trubisky, and I, I don't know if that's the bet you want to take in a game like this against Aaron Rodgers, but, like, that that's how it felt. Like, I was more confident in the offense doing what their game plan wanted than Chuck Pagano finding answers to Aaron Rodgers. And again, it's Aaron Rodgers. I get it. But they got to be better than that. They got to be. Sometimes it just look too easy. The first real incompletion, or the one that goes on the score sheet, I should say, was that drop bomb by Valdez Scanling, which would have been a touchdown, 53-yard touchdown. It's the first incompletion that Aaron Rodgers had in this game. A pass that should have been a 53-yard touchdown. Just just like think about that. That's how on, that's how many answers Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur had for Chuck Pagano's defense today. Yeah, you know, I... um I ha- you know this. I have my own grading system that I use when I go back and watch the film. And I, just because I went back this week and looked so closely at the All-22 from the first matchup, I just regraded it because sometimes that's helpful when you take sort of the uh, emotion and what when things are fresh, sometimes it looks a little... Sometimes it can look a little different weeks later. Just put it that way. Anyway, I went back. The point from this is Watching that first game at Lambeau, there was obviously some plays where I ding guys for missed tackles or sometimes a lack of effort and things like that. There were those plays. But, boy, there were a ton of plays, John, where I just looked at it and I go, I don't necessarily think a player did anything wrong. They're just in the wrong defense or the wrong coverage, and Aaron Rodgers just beat them. Like yeah. that happens too, yeah. Yeah. and and it was just too much of that throughout the course of a whole game, and I'm really interested when I go back through this game this week how much of that continues because, um, there's just the there's just too much talent on that side of the ball to get these kinds of results even when you factor in the injuries, even when you factor in the injuries. It's just, it's not good enough. It's it's just really not. It can't be that easy for him. I get that Aaron Rodgers is is a Hall of Fame quarterback, but you got to make his degree of difficulty a little bit more. You can't have Robert Quinn chasing Bobby Tunyon, the tight end with, you know, 100 touchdowns this year in Mm -hmm. coverage off of play action. That just seems to, I don't think that's going to work. I don't know. Well, which brings us to 
this enticing Bears-Saints game that will be played on Nickelodeon, at least. That's cool. I, don't, I still don't really know I what that Sp- means. SpongeBob is uh, on the broadcast. That's awesome. Who's his buddy? The That's uh, Squidward, the other guy. I never watched that show. Okay. I'll have to ask my son. <laughs> Maybe uh, watch TV with your son. <laughs> well, here's a um, here's a team in the Saints that since Drew Brees came back. Drew Brees came back for the Chiefs game, right? So... 29 points against the Chiefs, 52 against the Vikings, 33 against the Panthers. Nice 33-7 victory today. Point is that Saints offense looking pretty good with Drew Brees, who it sounds like is probably going to retire when the season's over. So is this Drew Brees' last game? Something tells me that with the way that offense looks right now and the way the Bears' defense looks right now, this is not going to be Drew Brees' last game. <laughs> no. Mitch Trubisky has to play out of his mind. Which, you know, he's had games like that every once in a while, but they're not even allowing him to do that right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not just the coaches. Like the, the Teams have figured this out, that if you don't let Mitch be, give even give you a chance to beat you deep, like you just keep everything in front of you. Eventually, what was it that the Packers said last year? You make him play quarterback, and on those plays, well, yeah, well, I, I won't go like a lot of good things happened over the past four weeks. Like, I don't let the the Packers seem to have more figured out than others. I think part of it is, you know, them being who they are and Aaron Rodgers being who he is. But I, I know what you're saying. Some some things were discovered over the past couple of weeks, and they were in the red zone a bit here. But I, I don't think it's. I don't think I know what you're saying, and it's a great point. Um, the Saints are a good defense, though, too, but just wanted to throw that in there. Well, yeah, but I think that a lot of the good things, I'm not denying the good things that have happened, but it it would also be unfair to claim that it's not a huge result of the scheme and the calls, which have been a lot of rollouts and cutting the field in half and making the reads simpler for the quarterback, too, which is what they should be doing. So... All I'm saying is that if you sit back and you keep all that stuff in front of you, you can let Mitch dink and dunk you, and you wrap up and you tackle, and he's not going to kill you. And on the other side of the ball, this defense, so that that formula would be successful if you're the Bears against good teams if the defense was still playing lights out. And that's just not what they have right now. So you saw like in a game like today when the Bears had to really get in a shootout with Aaron Rodgers to beat him, that style's not going to fly for four quarters. Too many settling for field goals when it came down to it. Um, so that's where, hate to be pessimistic already about the playoff game, but it's just not a good matchup. Yeah, to, to me, I, I want to look, like when we, like, I rewatched some of this, but that was the broadcast copy. Like when Allen Robinson is held to this type of game, like something's off in general. I don't know if it's just the game plan or him not seeing potential shots to Allen Robinson or, or what, but you know what I'm saying? Like something yes. with and, and on that, sorry to interrupt you, but there was one alarming thing that Mitch said, but when he was asked about that or when that came up in the press conference, he said he wasn't aware that Allen Robinson wasn't involved early. Yeah, well, that's a problem. Like do you think do you think that Aaron Rodgers would be aware if Devontae Adams wasn't getting the No, ball. Aaron Rodgers saw Devontae Adams matched up against Duke Shelley and sometimes Danny Trevathan and made easy completions. Yeah. So, no, Mitch has to play better, but I think some good things still were established over the past few weeks, but it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the Packers actually took it away. Yeah. All right, well, it'll be an interesting week. We'll have it all covered for you, we promise. I mean, it's still... It's still a playoff game, and as I wrote on NBCSportsChicago.com, because apparently there's some debate about this, making the playoffs is a good thing. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. 
It is a good thing. Some men just want to watch the world burn, Mr. Hogue. This has been a remarkable season. It's crazy. It goes back to preseason expectations. Like, no one really thought this team was outstanding. Like, isn't eight and eight what most people have thought? Somewhere in the middle, eight and eight, nine and seven? Yeah. Well, I thought their ceiling was nine and seven. And they flirted with it, at least for two and a half quarters today. They flirted with some things. They were way too leaky. There were ebbs and flows. Yeah. Those are things you might hear on this podcast sometimes. It is true. And you got one more week of it, unfortunately. Oh, but to your point, still playoff football. (laughs) You know, like, hey, if there's ever a year you have to go to New Orleans for a playoff game, this is is the year. Yeah. (laughs) Although, aren't they allowing fans now or something? I think they are. Okay. I think they are. That place can still get probably a little loud. With Probably echoes a bit. I have to say, I was at my first game in a long time with a legitimate amount of fans because they had some at the Big Ten Championship game, but 10,000 in Orlando the other day for the Citrus Bowl. I'll just say it was nice to hear like legitimate cheering again. Yeah, it makes a difference. Although I imagine there would have been some booze. Loud. <laughs> Booze at Soldier Field today. And some booze. And some booze. Some Miller Lite. Yeah, there would be. Um, I, don't know if the- I, wa- I don't know if I want to go here, but maybe this is worth discussing at some point. My experience in Orlando made me wonder if you could have actually had 10,000 fans at Soldier Field and, and been okay with it. Oh, that that's a conversation for a different podcast because I I think I'm with you on that I just from what I saw and the safety of it and like I that gets into a whole nother I know touchy issue for 2020 which is thankfully behind us but seeing it and the execution of it and how spaced out people still were and I I just I don't know would it have made a difference I don't know probably not I don't think that that would have changed anything with Aaron Rodgers. But there's no doubt that a full full house, which I'm definitely not saying that, like Dan Mullen wants 90,000 people in the swamp um, and then gets COVID two days later. In a normal year, a full house, does, I would have given the Bears a better – their chance, their defense would have had a better chance. Yeah. But when you and, – and I don't think there's any doubt. This gets us back to football, by the way. There's – there's no doubt Aaron Rodgers has benefited from the lack of fans and stands in road games. And you can go back to one of the first obvious examples of that actually was when they beat the Saints yeah. in September. And he said as much right after the game. He admitted, and I think that was his first ever win in New Orleans, and he said definitely made a difference. I mean, you, when when guys can hear the snap count you don't have to go silent, it, it definitely makes a difference. So... The emotions of momentum yep. sometimes hinge on that crowd noise. All right. Well, another loss to the Packers. We've covered plenty of those. <laughs> we have not covered many playoff games, though. A lot. A lot. No, no, this is two and three years. Um, so, that's something. Feels a little bit different, though, than the Eagles game. But Hey, I wrote in my column, the Bears are a mediocre football team that clearly don't belong in the same league as the Packers. But I've covered bad Bears teams that didn't belong in the same league as the Packers. So, progress? <laughs> <laughs> the point is I'd rather be in this position yeah, trying to catch up to Aaron Rodgers than to be just god-awful. The point is it's it's better to be in the playoffs than not. Yes. Is it not? It is. It is. Even if we kind of know what's going to happen. All right. Well, we'll still be here for you this week, and it is a new year, and who knows what can happen. If you if you don't if you're not in, you can't win. We know that. So we got the Bears have that going for them. Uh, we'll be back Tuesday. We'll try to load it up with some guests, get you ready for the Bears' second game this season. 
against the New Orleans Saints. It is a playoff game. We'll get you ready for it. And it is that 325 game on CBS. Will Alvin Kamara be back from COVID? Will Tony Romo be back? Because I'm assuming that's going to be the Jim Nance-Tony Romo game. And if not, you can just watch on Nickelodeon, it sounds like. And have SpongeBob. Call the game. Call the game. Squidward. I can't do the voice. That's the first time I've ever attempted to do the SpongeBob voice. See, sounded good to me. I don't know the difference. (laughs) Sounded like a great impression. (laughs) It's time to go. All right. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Johns clearly wants to get off the podcast. You can read him at theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Please subscribe. You should. And you can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Hopefully enjoy the YouTube. If you missed the YouTube and you're still sitting on the podcast, go find the YouTube page, Hogan Johns. Uh, subscribe there. Subscribe to the podcast everywhere you listen to it. Tell your friends. We appreciate it. It's Bears Playoff Week. Talk to you Tuesday. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.